0: If you don't know what success means for you, that's okay. Like it's okay to be in in-between phases. I realized that what I did was use what I have. So if you don't have passion, what do you have inside of you? Do you have a curiosity? Do you have pain? Do you have something of the nature that can propel you or fuel you to try something? of the
1: population controls 90% of the money and it's time to close this wealth gap. My name is Perry Jeffries III and I'm here to unlock the power of the 10% so you can move one step closer to financial freedom. Welcome to Cash Flow Unlocked. On this podcast, I'll be sharing proven wealth creation strategies and current business tips that you can start to implement today. If you're ready to level up your finances, create generational wealth, then also head over to our private Facebook community called Cashflow Unlocked. You will not be disappointed. All right, y'all, let's get started. Hey, y'all, what's going on? Perry Jeffries here with another episode of Cashflow Unlocked. I'm super happy to have this next guest on. Um, I've been actually following his podcast for some time now, and he doesn't know this yet, but his podcast has really helped me transition mm-hmm. into a brand new business that is starting to flourish and I owe a lot of that to him. So I haven't shared that with him yet. We've been having just some uh, conversation before we start the recording here. But with that being said, y'all, I want to introduce Matt Labrie. And I'm going to read his bio here and I love his bio and I was shared with him earlier. We have a whole lot in common. So let me just read <laughs> here of what we have. A kid from Queens. I already love it because I'm a kid from Akron. So we got a kid from Queens. <laughs> Before Matt Labrie became an award-winning entrepreneur, nationally coveted speaker, and a top-ranked podcast host, to name a few, he had plenty of hurdles to overcome from losing his dream of playing professional sports at 17 years old after a devastating injury on the baseball diamond, failing out of college, feeling lost, being kicked out of not one but two high schools, Matt's journey is the perfect example of how anybody can overcome the challenge life uh, throws uh, our way and achieve their own personal definition of success. Fast forward today, Matt is a beacon of light through his work, which has positively impacted many lives throughout the globe as he is in pursuit of his North Star goal, impacting 1 billion lives. To that, Today, Matt serves as the founder of One B Branding, a NYC-based branding agency, host of a top-ranked podcast, decoding success, and nationally coveted public speaker and phil- philanthropist within the New York collegiate entrepreneur ecosystem and beyond. With that being said, y'all, man, let me uh, let's introduce uh, uh, one of my friends here, Matt Labrie. What's going on, Matt? Talk to me, baby.
0: Harry, first and foremost, man, uh, you gave me the chills. I, I am very grateful for this opportunity, for this honor to uh, f- of you sharing your platform. So I want to say thank you, first and foremost. I'm really excited to be here and uh, excited to make an impact.
1: Man, I, I know you're gonna do just that because I've been following your stuff for a while, man. So let's start off with just a kickoff question, and then we're gonna get into your background and, and how you got here and all of that. And so with our um, podcast being Cash Flow Unlocked. We're talking about, you know, we understand, well, we understand that 10% of the population actually controls 90% of the wealth. And we're all striving to create, you know, wealth, not only for ourselves, but for our families and and things of that nature. So the first question I have for you here, thinking with an end in mind, if money were infinite, you had no concerns of running out of money, all bills are paid, you can do what you want to do. How would you spend your day, your week, your month, and your year. What would you be doing if money were not an issue for you?
0: If money was not an issue, we we would be doing exactly this. And if it wasn't an issue... And you hit me up and you said, yo, Matt, I want you on the show. I would have said, you know what, Perry, let me know when I'm booking you a flight. You're coming to my studio in New York City. <laughs> you know, like that. that's that's the goal, man. And that's what I strive for every single day. I absolutely love connecting with individuals just like yourself. I love chopping it up, love learning. Um, you know, I'm a sponge, man. I'm a sponge. So, uh, And I like to be squeezed so that I can give it back to other people as well. We would be doing exactly this, to say the least.
1: I love it, man. I love it. So I think that's a great way to kind of dive into it. So we met each other. um, Shoot, this had to be a couple of years now. Um, I applied and and became an ambassador when Damon John, big shout out to Damon, when Damon wrote out his book, Rise and Grind. And you were running point on a lot of that initiative. And that's how we got connected. So that's how we got connected, man. And since then, what have you been doing? So that's where we first met each other. What have you been doing since then?
0: Yeah. And I'm very grateful you were a part of what we were doing there. I absolutely admire everyone that had helped out because it was a total team effort in regard to being able to have the success that we had with that book. In fact, I actually have it right up here on the wall, just you know, a lot of achievements with that. And it was really a team effort. So I want to say thank you for being a part of that. And ultimately, I'm going to say this, man, that opportunity really shaped what I saw what was possible for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you mentioned in the bio, the devastating injury, which really, you know, kind of threw me for a loop feeling very lost. I didn't know what I was going to do, but while I was working with Damon, And kind of getting thrown in the fire and doing something I've never done before in regards to content in numerous different forms. I realized, like, hey, what I was doing with Damon, let me try it for myself. And ultimately, that had birthed the idea of being able to speak publicly. That had birthed the idea of being able to have my own podcast. It had birthed the idea of having my own business. So I say all of that because that's exactly what I've been doing over the past few years, specifically with a lot of emphasis on the podcast as I as mentioned earlier, like that is the dream, you know, that is the dream. And it's funny how we get led to things in life. Because as mentioned, I felt passionless for years, I was successful at work, I was successful in my career, but I just felt passionless. And oftentimes, we can get caught up feeling like, society tells us, you need to follow your passion, follow your passion. But if you don't know what your passion is, how do you know what to follow? And one thing I said to myself, and I didn't notice this in the moment, but one thing I said to myself was, I'm a high-performing individual. I might not have passion right now, but one thing I had was pain. Man, I had a lot, a lot of pain, and I'm sure we're diving into that, but I had a lot of pain, and I'm going to use that to fuel me. And that's exactly what helped me get the podcast to where it is today, was just a pain, like a curiosity of how I could alleviate the pain that I was feeling and ultimately it got us to where we are. So in short, I've been working on the podcast. You know, We got to top 1% in the world. Uh, I've been working on the business, 1B Branding, a branding agency. I do a lot of philanthropic initiatives. Like during the pandemic, I raised $15,000 for the frontline workers here in New York City, Uh, supported small business as well, just because I was like, yo, I'm home bored. Like I got to do something. I was dating a nurse at the time. I saw what she was going through. So I'm trying to have fun in the process, man. That stuff is fun to me. Man, that's
1: That's amazing, brother. And there's so many different things I'm going to dive into here. So I have my notes. So the first thing, man, and we're going to chop it up on a lot of this, but you said something I think is going to be wildly impactful for our audience here. You were, you realized what you were doing for a Damon, you could go and do for yourself. Hmm. And that's a kind of my story, how I left corporate America. And it's like, man, I'm making corporate America a ton of money and I'm getting paid like 1% of what I generate. Actually less than that, I was getting paid 30% of 1% of what I was generating. Why don't I go do that on my own? Tell me a little bit about what you went through mentally to get to that point to be like, yo, I can go do, I can go do this. I can launch a podcast. I can be a speaker. I can have impact. Tell me walk us through kind of what you went through mentally with that whole process, bro.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, and again, I'm I'm very grateful for Damon. I actually sent him an email on Thanksgiving or a text message whatever it was, and I was just like, "Man, like I want to let you know like you're like a father figure to me." You know, because he he showed me firsthand what is possible in life. Mm. You know, and it's not to downplay my own dad, but like he showed me what is possible in life and as I was working on his stuff, I started to work on my own. So, for example, I just started writing blogs, like things, things that were on my mind. I would just sit there behind the keyboard and I would write. And the next thing you know, people are hitting me up to come speak at their college. I'm like, whoa, like, all right, let me double down on this. You know, sure. so then I started recording videos and putting them out on Instagram. I started doing uh, other people's podcasts. I'm like, wait, like I could have my own. Like, ultimately, what it was was just like a key that was already in the door but it just mm. needed to be turned to be unlocked. Like Damon put the key in the door for me and it was up to me because everyone can't do everything for you. You're like he, you know, you can get the key in the door, but just me turning it through little action really showed me what's possible by, you know, unlocking it. And I'm still unlocking it, man. That's still a work in progress. But um, yeah, man, it was just him really showing me mentally what was possible.
1: Man, that's so powerful, man. I can think back to so many different times where I had people who, you know, I watched from afar, you included. And it's like, man, he is killing it. And I remember when the transition took place. And I'm like, man, he's killing it. And to your point, just being able to have somebody to show you how to do it is so key. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always talking about the power of mentorship and coaches and things of that nature, man. So it's just wonderful to hear that story from from that perspective and that analogy, bro. That you know, saying that that key and then locking that door. Yep, yep. I'm gonna steal that because that's powerful. Because <laughs> guess what? We we on cash flow unlock, right? So the the unlock that key of your potential. I unlock that door of the potential with the key. And, you know, somebody can put the key in, but you got to turn it with small actions. Brother, that's 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 in my mind for forever. So appreciate that, Jim. So then we man, let's transition to this piece, bro, because you mentioned this, the passionless. Right. Mm-hmm. So not having passion. So you're a former athlete. You know what I'm saying? We share that in common. Right. And I'm going to get into kind of that pain and the loss and things of that nature. But I want to first touch base on this passionless, because we see a lot of that, man, just people just kind of just floating around and not having passion. Walk us through, man, that process of when you were like, yo, this is what I'm like. How did you find out what you were passionate about?
0: Yeah, I think it's the same way that we find out what what it is we like uh in regards to like food. Like you have to taste different things. Like you don't know if you like chicken parmesan unless you have chicken parmesan. You don't know if you like oxtail unless you have oxtail. You know, like you gotta try things, but I think for me, it was years upon years where I just felt like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like everyone and Well, let me paint the picture like we're in a we were in a society and maybe we're still in this society, this culture that paints passion to be like the thing that you need to go after in life. And I'm like, all right, well, if you don't have it, what do you go after in life? You know? culture is pushing that agenda, pushing that agenda. But I don't think what's pushed enough is what you do when you don't feel passion. And I think what I did, and again, I didn't know this in the moment, but like, if you're listening to this right now and you feel like you don't have a passion for something, just know that that's okay. Right. Just like I, I say this on my show all the time. If you don't know what success means for you, that's okay. Like, I think it's important to emphasize that it's okay to be in in between phases. Mm. Like you don't need to jump from one block to the other the other block. Like you could be in between the blocks every now and then. Like that's okay. And I realized that what I did was use what I have. So if you don't have passion, what do you have inside of you? Do you have a curiosity? Do you have pain? Do you have something of the nature that can propel you or fuel you to try something? Right. And it's not to go into like, I went into this podcast, man. When I, when I look back, man, I say to myself, wow, that was so bad. You know, the first (laughs) few episodes, the, the first year, the second year, I was like, man, like, who the hell was I? But that's who I was at that point in life. Like, it's not to be perfect. It's to just try. And in the process of trying. You're gonna strike gold. Eventually, you're gonna strike gold. It might not happen with the first thing you try. It might not happen with the second. Like I was writing blogs. I love to write, but I'm like, you know what? Let me. I don't do that anymore. You know, I was doing other things, and I don't do those things anymore. But the podcast, I'm still doing because it it it, it's my passion. And we got to try things, man. We got we got to be curious.
1: That's hella powerful, man. Because sometimes we get locked into, hey, this is what we've always done, or this is what I do and not trying anything new. Like the fact that we're recording an episode right now on my podcast is mind blowing to me because I dial in and listen to your podcast and big shout out to coding success. You know, what I'm saying we're going to get to that here in a little bit, how to, how to, how we really um, how you really been moving the needle with that. But it's just crazy when you think about that whole process and getting exposed to different things. No way me as a 20 year financial advisor would I be thinking I'm doing a podcast episode now or even doing what I'm doing now in the financial.
0: Right, space. So right, 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 right.
1: But you brought up some man and um, I want to make sure we address it because I feel like we probably shared. We talked about this pain. Right. And you mm. referenced it now about uh, 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 at least two times in our conversation. We all go through some pain. We all go through some loss. And, you know, the people who, you know, can take that and and turn it into something positive. From what I've seen, just from my from from my my almost forty seven years in life, the people who can take that and turn that into some positive, as motivation or whatnot, are the ones who are really winning. But I don't know, you know what I'm saying. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Let's talk about kind of the pain that you've experienced and and what you've been able to do with that. And
0: yeah. I, absolutely. and I, I want to hear from you on this too. I, I i'm I'm always curious on on this specific topic. I think for years there there was a numbness to it. um a lot a lot happened, you know, through very young. Uh, very young ages or age brackets where truthfully, I didn't necessarily realize like what was even taking place. But for me, what had happened was I was just going from milestone to milestone to milestone or experience from experience to experience, whether it be getting arrested or getting kicked out of high school twice or failing out of college or uh, you would love this one uh, investing in my ego and blowing a shit ton of my life savings. <laughs> um no you doubt. know that that's a bad that's a bad investment, by the way. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately, all of those experiences, while I was numb to them as they were happening, and nothing was being processed about them, uh, essentially that led to it being blown up in my face at a certain point. And having those things blown up in my face, that was kind of like the moment where I said to myself, "You know what? Like the check engine light has been on." Like you, you've wow. seen the check engine light on the dashboard on for a really long time. We need to make sure that we're, we're tending to the engine now, the engine being the mind, the engine being the heart, the engine being the soul. And for years, man, I, I didn't realize what I was doing, but ultimately, and I, I don't want anyone else to experience it that way, man. I, I think it blew up in my face. Like the the car stopped running. the car stopped running. And this actually happened in what I would say is probably 2020. And it took some time for me to get the wheels back on the car for, you know, to to put some fresh oil in that car for it to be able to run. You know, it took some years. I don't want anyone to have to experience the blow up of emotions or whatever the case is that I went through. But I'm curious when it comes to pain for you, if you don't mind me asking this, uh, you know, just for the sake of conversation, what did that look like for you? Because like, I'm saying that I don't want anyone to experience what I experienced, but also like, I I would love to know your perspective on that. Yeah, man. So, um, man,
1: first of all, thank you for asking that question. There's been uh, several moments in my life. And as I was listening to your story, Um, I'm going to address the pain of losing everything, not once, but twice. So it was, you know, let's go back to 2007, 2009. By this time, I've already been a financial advisor uh, with actually the largest wealth management firm in the world at the time a Swiss bank uh, started there in 2003, had got into real estate around 2001 and had accumulated about a $4 million real estate portfolio. Well, you know, it was like the wild, wild west back then. Getting financing was super easy. You didn't have to prove your income. You could just sit and be like, "Hey, I make twenty thousand dollars So they twenty thousand dollars a month." So no doc loans. Money was super easy, and we saw how that blew the market up in two thousand seven and two thousand nine. So because I was so highly leveraged, man, that thing started crumb- that real estate empire started crumbling very, very quickly. I remember one deal where I was in it at about 300,000 because it was appraising originally at 500,000. And by the time we we were time to refinance out of the hard money loan, which was around 10, 11%, the value had dropped down to like 200,000. So I was going to have to bring a hundred thousand dollars cash to the table to even refinance. I had to give it back to the bank and say, Hey, here's the keys. I can't do anything with it. Right. So I lost everything in 2007, 2009, right? Lost my credit, lost my cash, embarrassed as hell. I'm riding around in a Jaguar. That shit got repossessed. And to to put the cherry on top, found out I was going to be a dad to not one, but two little humans who were born in 2009. So my daughters, my twin daughters were born during the Great Recession where dad had lost his complete ass and was trying to figure out how to hold it all together. Right. Mm. I went through that man and going through that process, you know, that 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 pain of losing everything, the embarrassment, I'm supposed to be this big time financial advisor, car getting repossessed. You know, it's just going through that whole piece, coming home and the lights being off uh, at the home and, and my kids sitting in the dark, you know what I'm saying, at, you know, three, four months old. I never wanted somebody else to experience that type of pain, that type mm-hmm. of anxiety, that type of stress. I'm sitting the, I remember sitting at the end of the street, man, you chain smoking black and miles. I wasn't even freaking them. I was just, just, just throwing black and miles, you know, what I'm saying to the head, just with the anxiety, like well, how am I going to take care of this family? Right. Then it went into a custody battle, just all of that type of jazz, man. So how I moved into this fractional CFO space was I saw what happened to me because I didn't have certain systems in place. And I never want another entrepreneur who's trying to provide for their family to experience that type of pain because nobody wants to go through that shit. Right. And that's what fuels me now, man, and and kind of what fueled the podcast and, and kind of what we're doing now in the community. So that's kind of my pain story, bro.
0: Yeah. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, it's just a reminder, even to myself, like, no matter what happens, like, you can start fresh. Like, you can start fresh. And that's something I had to learn for a long time, even when it came to money. Like, when I realized for, you know, there were numerous years where I just found myself investing in my ego to ensure that I was maintaining a certain image when things were shifting in my life. And I carry some sort of guilt and some sort of shame, even to this day, about the way that I was operating at that point. But like, when I hear your story, it's like, you, know, you can start fresh. Like what's happened in the past, you can't change that. No matter how much you try to change that, you can't change that. Uh, but what you can change is your future, what's to come right here in that present moment. And that's a great reminder, man. So I I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no doubt, man.
1: No doubt. And it's is wild too, because you know, I'm very forthcoming with that. I shared a lot on, on different uh platforms and things of that nature. And it's one of those what, what makes me really good at what I do when helping clients because I'm not this you know, high and almighty. I never made a financial mistake and I've mm. just created wealth you know, on top of wealth on top of wealth. Nah, I'd have made some horrible mistakes. You know what I'm saying? That invested in the ego and and, and buying audio. I had an all-white Jag, all-white Navigator. What kind of Jaguar? Oh, man, I had the S-type, baby. You know what I'm saying? With the bubble eyes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> pe- pe- peanut butter guts. Oh, yeah, it was wild. And I tell my clients, it's like, you actually want an advisor. You actually want a coach, a mentor who's taking some L's because if they haven't taken any L's, they really can't help you not take an L.
0: (laughs) Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah, Yeah. it's, um, that's a great point. Like, and the best part is like, you're able, I'm getting the chills just saying this, like you're able to. Learn from the mistakes of that advisor, of that mentor, of that guide and avoid them yourself, man, like, how, like just think about how much saving you can do, not even just monetarily, you know, but in, in other areas of life, man, like you could save yourself heartbreak in other areas, you could save yourself time, like time, we're never even getting back, you know, everything else we can get back. But man, there, there's so much to be saved without a doubt.
1: Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. So, so let's go into because I know kind of a pain that we share is, you know, our athletic careers, right? Yeah. So you're playing baseball, Tell us what happened. What's going on?
0: Yeah, man. In high school, I played baseball and basketball. Baseball was my real sport, but the basketball program was nationally ranked. I went to a school called Christ the King. They produced Lamar Odom. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Heck Lamar yeah. Odom. We just had Carmelo Anthony's son. Um, yeah, he he ended up transferring, which is a whole other story, but uh, we don't need to get into that. But some, some real ballers, uh, Jose Alvarado, who's on the Pelicans, just went there. He had his jersey retired. We were just Word. with the Pelicans the other night. And, um, baseball was my jam, but I'm six foot five. I could shoot the hell out of the ball. So I was on the basketball team too. With all of that being said, um, my, my senior year had come and I just realized like I was experiencing shoulder pain constantly while on the pitcher's mound. And there was one specific day. Our coach was a former New York Yankee world series champion, a gentleman named Alan Watson. And. He was a pitcher himself, and he just kept telling me to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball when I was on the mound. And I was kind of working through the, this discomfort. And I'll rem- I remember this so vividly. A kid that I was growing up with, we were in the process of playing uh, like an interleague game where we were playing our own team, inter squad, whatever we called it, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, half of us were on the field, half of us were in the dugout. And this gentleman named Josh was in the batter's box. I grew up with Josh, hell of a ball player, and he had two strikes on him. I went to go throw one last pitch. And he just like whiffed at it. And he goes, man, that was one hell of a changeup." And I looked at him and I was like, dude, that wasn't a changeup. That was my fastball. And I was throwing like 83 to 85 miles an hour at 17 years old. And maybe a little bit less than that. I don't remember the exact numbers, but it was above 80. Yeah. And I realized in that moment that my arm was dead. Like that was my last pitch. Wow. So I tried throwing the ball again. I couldn't even lift my arm above my shoulder. Yep. And I was like, Oh man. So my coach was like, all right, go play second base. I go play second base. What happens next batter ground ball right to me. I feel the ball cleanly. Couldn't lift my arm. He was like, looking at me like, are you going to throw the ball? I, I couldn't even do this. Oh. So That was it. I I went, I iced my shoulder, went to a doctor. He said that rehab would have been able to help me, but down the line, it's a good chance that I would have needed surgery, especially if I was still a pitcher, which is what I was planning to do. All of that said, I lost every scholarship, every (sighs) eye that I had on me. And to be honest, I, and I I said this to you earlier, like I just, if, if I do have any regrets, it's that after the surgery, I didn't give it my all. Mm -hmm. Like, after the surgery, I just, you know, I just started to do other things. And granted, it led me to where I am a hundred percent. I started to get into business at 17 years old, specifically in hospitality here in New York City. But man, it's just like I I love the sport, man. I love basketball too, but I I love baseball, specifically pitching. Like I just I think it's such an art form. Um, to be able to control the game, it's in your hands. Every right. single pitch, the game is in your hands, just like on the court. If you're a point guard, like every single time you're dribbling up and down that court, the game is in your hands. Like it's so beautiful when you're able to view it like that. But man, there there was a lot, a lot of pain that you know was numb because the game was gone from my life outside of being a spectator and going to you know professional games and high school games and college games and whatnot.
1: Yeah, man. So what would be and I'm right there with you, man, because I was—I I shared with you a little bit about my story uh, playing basketball, and um, you know, we there's so much we can control, some some we can't control, right? And I know I wouldn't be in the space I'm in being able to help the people that I help had that career move forward. it are probably being a little different, right? But yeah. what do you what, what man? What are you telling the person out there? So whether it's you know baseball, basketball, whatever the case may be, what they had planned to do. Is, you know, taken away from them. You know what I'm saying? The rug is snatched underneath them. You know, how, and I love to go back and forth with you on this one. How are you, what are you telling that person? It's like, hey, what you thought was mm-hmm. gonna happen is not happening. How do you then take that man and move forward? Because obviously you have, but i want to dig a little bit into that because I think that's really important for us from a mindset shift standpoint to really know that we all all of us have taken some L's, all of us have taken some L's, or all of us will take some L's. What do we need to do to move forward from that?
0: Absolutely. There's more else to come in my life. I know that for sure. Oh, God. Um, you know, I, I think it comes down to an equation that I was taught. And by the way, I suck at math, so there's no numbers involved. Uh, <laughs> but it's it's an equation. Uh, a gentleman named John Gordon, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's an author. He's really, he's really, really incredible. In fact, he does a lot of speaking at colleges and universities with major uh, sport programs, even right. professional sport programs. And John had mentioned an equation, which is E plus P equals O. And I said, all right, well, you know, when letters started to get involved in math, I got even worse, man. So you got to tell me what this means. Um, But essentially, it stands for events plus perspective equals the outcome. And sorry. We don't get to control every event that takes place in our life. And I mean, I could raise my hand and be the guy that says, well, I sure as hell try to control everything that happens in my life, but we just simply can't, right? Like we we just can't. We negotiate with life all the time. We try to manipulate life in our favor all the time. But the truth of the matter is we just can't control that. What we can control 100% of the time is our perspective. Mm. So I'll give an example. This is oftentimes the example I use when I talk about this. If you're going through heartbreak right now, it's not easy to be the happy go lucky person and say, you know what, that relationship didn't work out, but the next one will. You know, like it's not easy to look at the relationship you're in right now uh, or exiting because of heartbreak or whatever the case is and be like, well, I learned this, this, and this, and this from this relationship, right? It's hard to have the perspective in the moment, but I need you to think three months, six months, six years, 60 years down the line. What did you learn from that event? And what you learn from that event, that perspective, it's what's truly going to determine that outcome. So that's what I would share. And, man, I think looking back, like the perspective of me in that particular instance, like, man, I wasn't taking care of my body, you know, Mm. like I never wanted to ice my shoulder when I got home after pitching a game. I wanted to play video games, hop in the shower, play video games right away. I wanted to be with my friends. I wanted to do stuff like that. I never took care of my body. There was and there was an emphasis. My dad would always say it, but I was like, "Dad, like what do you know, man? Like I'm just going to go do what I want to do. I know everything." You know, so uh, man, there's so much that I learned from that. But that's what I would share. And it doesn't even have to do with sports, right? Just any event, any event, yeah, no man, doubt. our per- our perspective determines that outcome.
1: Man, that's man, it's just that's so powerful, man, because it just really confirming, um, uh, and affirming, you know, a process I'm going through right now. So I'm going through a program called the Bulletproof Entrepreneur, big shout out to my guy, John Whiting, been rocking with John for some time. And his program is around the shift in perspective, right? Mm. And I'll share this with you. I thought it's just really cool. It's kind of like a hot and cold. So, you know, um, we're here. I'm here in Columbus, Ohio right now. And if it's, you know, 50 degrees, 50 degrees in March, that's a pretty decent day, right? You can go out running, you can go out shooting a whole nine, right? Now, 50 degrees down in Mexico or Jamaica is cold. Like we not going <laughs> outside, right? You know, right. But then also, too, you know, I may say 30 degrees, you know, 20 degrees are like, oh, OK, it's cold. It's freezing. Right. But if we take that 20, 30 degrees to a Minnesota or to a North Pole, it's like, man, this is a blazing day. So is is it really a hot and cold? No, it's just temperature. And it's all about perspective because, you know, what we may think is hot at 110 degrees, like, oh, man, it is burning up. Well, on the sun, where the temperature is whatever thousand degrees is that's a cold day, and we think it's burning up. So, it's so much, so much. We the one thing we can't control is our perspective, right? And looking at it and understanding that, hey, what is the lesson I can glean from this? So, this is super powerful, man. I actually love this. I'm glad you shared (laughs) it. So super. No, dope.
0: I, I I appreciate that temperature perspective right there, right? Because I, I could I could resonate with that. Plus, it's fifty degrees here in New York City too. So, like I was saying, it's a nice day. I said that earlier, so I very <laughs> no much doubt. so resonate with that.
1: <laughs> no doubt, man. No doubt. So let's jump into the pot. Well, actually, before we get into the podcast, you said something here and you used a number that you know. I don't see a lot of people use this number. I have one person that I know personally um you know who uses this number and we were on a phone call one day and just catching up you know we went to uh, uh, we started off at Howard together uh, as freshmen and um, since then he's just uh, created a huge real estate and power uh, uh, empire uh, out that way and we were having this conversation and it's like I asked him I said hey bro so man what's the end goal what are we trying to get accomplished here in the next you know 5 10 you know 15 20 years he's like yeah I want to be worth a billion and it mm. kind of knocked me down I like wow, did you say a billion would it be? And and, and the seed his trajectory is like, okay, you're not too far off from that. Right. And you mentioned uh, uh, in your bio that you wanted to uh, like impact, I think it was impact a billion lives, bro. Like there's something, something to that effect, you know, so I don't want to misquote you here, uh, but it was something to that effect. Yeah. You know, said so your North, North yeah. star is to impact a billion lives. Man, walk us through, first of all, using that big number. And it's, it's because that's what I'm learning is a, it has always been a challenge for me. It's not thinking big enough. Right. And you're to say how hey, I'm going to impact a thousand lives or a hundred thousand or a million, but a billion. Man, walk me through, man, how you even got to that big number and then how you how you want to go about impacting these billion, billion lives, bro.
0: Absolutely. It happened in 2018. I was at a Tony Robbins event in New Jersey. And... Man, I, I saw so much of myself and so much of what I wanted to become in him. And even just the way he was on stage, man, like he was using foul language. And I mean, that's the way I talk, you know? So I'm like, man, like I could see me in this guy. Like it was crazy. Yeah. Go through the whole weekend. And I said to myself, I think I wrote it down. I actually have the workbook literally right next to me at my desk. And I think I wrote down in that workbook that I wanted to impact a billion people. Now, when I say a billion, Obviously, that's literally one eighth of the world. There's about 8 billion people on the planet. And, you know, I I don't know if that number's increased or decreased with everything that goes on in this world. That's another story. But ultimately, that's a lot of people. So I said to myself, how does one person do that? And then I really thought about it and I broke it down. Like, I personally probably can't impact 1 billion people. But here's the thing there's someone today that's listening to this podcast that learns something from either you or I that can then take that and bring it to their people. That person can teach that person. And it's just like a compound effect. So at the end of the day, the goal is essentially immeasurable. Like it can't actually be measured where I have like a tally and I'm like, you know what, Sally was impacted today or John was impacted today. I can't actually do that. But what I can do is approach life every single day with the desire to impact one person and that one person can then impact another person. That person can impact. It's a compound effect, man. And that's what I strive for every day. Like I just want to know, even if I just hold the door open yesterday, I was walking down the street and I saw a gentleman who had a Walker and I literally ran to the door to make sure that I was able to open the door for him. To me, that's impact, right? Impact to me is love. And I think that's what we need more of in this world is love. Um, and I I think we don't have love because we don't love ourselves enough. And man, like I, I, I the way I operate is I say to myself, if I was that gentleman walking out of that door with that walker and I saw him struggling, like, yeah, he got the door open, but like, he was like banging the walker up against the door. I'm like, you know what? If I was that guy, I would want someone to open this door for me. Word. You know, to me, that's impact every day. Woo-hoo. I need to do something like that. You know, that that's the way I operate. Man, bro,
1: that is, so I'm over here losing my shit because I'm like, this brother speaking my language. Like, I'm gonna have to get up there and see you in the city, man, next time we up there. And we might need to do like a a, a DNA test because we might be related someplace to us. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But this is so fire. But I just want to make sure and just kind of repeat what you said, but just for the audience, so y'all don't miss this piece. What I have here with my notes, impact is love. And when we think about, Impacting people, it doesn't have to be. Oh, I gave them a you know a fifty minute talk, or you know you know what I'm saying I gave them this presentation. Or impact can just be the act of showing love, just showing compassion for your fellow human being. So that's mm-hmm. my first piece in there. So right, impact is love. And then if you can impact one person a day, I had this conversation with my daughters all the time about that one percent rule you don't have to go from being okay to great today. Focus Mm -hmm. on getting 1% better because that 1% better is going to compound over time and you're going to be able to reach your goals, right? And probably surpass your goals, to be quite honest with you uh, in that whole piece. So I love this compound effect because it's not, hey, are you and I going to actually talk to a billion people? But who are we going to talk to who's then going to share that and then share that and share that, which goes right into, you know, kind of our, our, our vision with cash flow and Lock. So I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, bro, is our vision is to close the wealth gap. And we, and we've changed this a couple of times. So it used to be close the wealth gap, one business at a time where everybody don't have a business. We don't want to, you know, exclude anybody. Then it was close to wealth gap, one relationship at a time because it's about relationships. And I'm here right. recently, I've been leaning more towards closing the wealth gap. One mindset at a time, because Mm -hmm. what we've learned um, um, through some books that we've read is that wealth, to tie back to what you said here, wealth should be portable, should be transportable. And folks be like, what do you mean transportable? You talking about like a trust? No, 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 no understanding how to create wealth and how to multiply and live a life of abundance and not necessarily talking about monetarily, but with your time and your relationships and all of that is something that you should be able to take wherever you go. doesn't matter if you're in New York City, Columbus, Ohio, out in LA, Jamaica, South America, you know what I'm saying, whatever the case may be, right? It's portable. And that's what we teach the next generation. So when I hear people say, hey, I wanna you know, create generational wealth, now, understanding it's not about having a certain insurance product, or it's a stock idea, or no. You have to teach how to create wealth and 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 how we do, how you should define it. Not necessarily mm-hmm. being in dollars and cents, but how to you know take what you're passionate about. Right, going back to the passion piece, or even finding out what you're passionate about, but really just having impact. If we can right. focus on understanding that wealth really is just having impact and helping people be their best selves monetarily which are tying to the relationships then we creating a wealthy society anyway man I I, was, I had to get that off real quick brother because no you just, no you I me, I agree had flown, you had me flown over here I was like oh my gosh absolutely I,
0: I I agree with all of that. And you know what? You sharing that made me realize something too. Like oftentimes I say that I want to impact someone positively. So I think of a positive thing. But on the flip side of it, I was just thinking, I'm like, you know what? A positive impact could be us right now sharing something and it not resonating with someone. And Mm. that's okay. Because now being that they know it doesn't resonate with them, they don't have to do whatever it may be, right? That's us really guiding them to get to where they do need to be. So like, you actually just unlocked, once again, unlocked <laughs> another portal in the mind of how impact actually works, man. There's, it's, it's, it's wow. Mind blowing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. You know what I'm saying. So I, uh, I know you said earlier, you know, math wasn't your jam, but man, your math is on point, brother. You know what I mean. So <laughs> you, you you don't have to you don't have to be a calculus major because it's funny thing is that was my degree. My degree is in math with a minor in biology, right? So I have oh, all of this high level math, and it all comes down to percentages, understanding compounding interests, right, and just the basic things. So this is absolutely crazy, bro. Love this conversation. So man, um. Tell us what's going on. Tell us the direction of the podcast. Tell us what, some things that you're working on here, because we've talked about you know you know growing up and past experiences and things of that nature. What's man? What's next for Mac? What, what what what's what's on the horizon?
0: Yeah, man. Um, right now we're in a process of moving the podcast in studio, and that is something that I am very nervous about. In full transparency. Yeah. Right. I, I'm I'm nervous, you know, and uh, I think when you find yourself in moments of being nervous, um, the old Matt, the younger Matt would have, you know, jumped in that water, f- like not even looking back, like just doing it. I don't operate like that anymore, man. You know, it goes back to, you know, what you teach your your young ones, like just one percent, you know, like do something that gets you closer to that one percent each day. And that's what I'm doing. So little by little, I'm doing episodes in studio, episodes in studio, episodes in studio, as opposed to like, all right, everyone, come to the studio. It's like, no, this one will be in studio. This one will be in studio. You know, like, operating like that. But ultimately, the, you know, what's going on is just really continuing to learn through the process of helping others decode what success is for them. And, you know, that process, what I realize it's it's not even just about, how you define success today or how you defined it years ago. But the most important stuff is the gap, like what happened in the gap, what happened during those years. And ultimately, all of it always seems to tie into what happened to us in our childhood like mm. what were the beliefs that were instilled in us what was the programming the conditioning the culture the society the the parenting all of that and man these conversations get deep so i learn a shit ton uh while i'm you know guiding the ship on on that front man i'm a student on that front too and that's really what's go, what's going down man it's um you know the process of evolving the show bringing it to the next level but bringing myself to the next level too because if i don't go to the next level the show can't go to the next level so um i'm just trying to hit it one percent every day like we said man so many
1: gems in there so yes looking here in my notes uh, i'll start with that last one you you can't go to the next you have to you have to go to the next level in order oh, to yeah. take whatever your situation is to the next level right oh, Yeah, to be the best to be the, uh, uh you want to be a great parent self-development and grow yourself right um john maxwell i'm one of his uh one of of their coaches and you know it always drills down to everything rises and falls with leadership Mm -hmm. your finances in order it's not necessarily you need a great you know you need to find a great mutual fund or a stock idea you need to develop and grow as a person right Mm -hmm. your relationship not where you want it to be develop and grow as a person so you know just understanding that as you grow you know saying everything kind of grows with you there right so i love that whole piece um you touched on something, man, that I didn't even realize, bro. I didn't even realize. I've been in my industry 20 years. This is my 20-year anniversary being you know, a financial advisor, planner, whatever you want to call it. And it didn't hit me until here recently, and you just brought it up. You know, Your belief system and what has been instilled with you and kind of going back to your childhood. We oh, yeah. recently did a training on uh, what we call the money story. And as I sit back, man, I'm like, you no, know, sometimes I would get frustrated. Like, why are people functioning with this broke mindset, and why are people executing this basic strategy? You know, to create wealth. Because creating wealth in my world is 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 not a is not a hard process. It's don't overspend, save and invest. It's pretty much that. Don't go into a whole lot of debt. Don't spend the more that you have. Have some savings for emergency and invest. And whatever you invest in, whether you're investing in your business, real estate, stock, doesn't matter. But Uh, um, uh, I I regressed there. So my point is what I came to the, you know, I had this moment of clarity, if you will, you know what I'm saying? Shout out out to Jay-Z on that. Had this moment of clarity. (laughs) It was like, it's the money story. We all have a, a financial intelligence DNA that we have inherited from our parents and grandparents on how we view money and view success. And none of us, Very well, I won't say none of us, but very few of us take the time to unpack that. Why do I put stuff on credit cards so quickly? Because that's how my mom worked. Okay, Mm. why do I believe in having five different hustles and spreading myself too thin? Because that's something my dad would say, hey, you need to have you an A, B, C, and D hustle, right? And then spreading yourself too thin now that you, you know what I'm saying, not being a master of your one thing is probably stopping you from accumulating, you know what I'm saying, more capital to create more wealth, right? So I started diving into this, man, and I did a training on it where I literally had folks contact me and said, man, Perry, I had to get off the call because it brought me to an emotional state because I had no idea that I had this you know, this DNA, you know, uh this money story that I inherited from my parents and had no idea why I couldn't move forward. So you were spot on with that one. And I remember being one of your episodes, I think you mentioned something to that whole pack to that effect of unpacking your childhood, getting therapy, things of that nature. Oh, yeah. I remember listening to one of your episodes talking about that, man. So let's talk about that real quick, man. I was, we already, man, we've been rolling almost uh, uh 40 minutes now, man. And I was like, I know I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to close this bad boy out here soon, but just I'm just enjoying the conversation so much. So I'm just gonna probably just blow your cell phone up, but <laughs> uh, but talk to a little bit, man, because you brought it up that gap and unpacking what we've inherited and yeah. in, from our childhood, man. What would you tell the audience with that? I think let's let's end on that. Let's kind of dive into that a little bit, but let's talk about unlocking that because so much so much of this is coming from what our childhood looks like and things of that nature. for sure what 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 would you say what you say to the audience bro
0: well first and foremost i want to give you a book recommendation Uh, i'm sure you potentially have already read this but this actually it's it's all about money it's uh the secrets of the millionaire mind have you read that book Mm,
1: yeah 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 i have
0: i have so that book by by t harv ecker he talks all about our money conditioning Right. But it also translates into into this question too. like, what's our conditioning in general? Like, we have to understand this. So, you know, I'll use myself as the guinea pig. Um, Growing up, my parents were going through a divorce when I was in like fourth or fifth grade. And, you know, when you're when you're young like that, you're a sponge, man. Like you you are soaking it all in. Like those are still early developmental years without a doubt. And. One thing that I was programmed to believe through neglect, through you know verbatim, right? We're conditioned in three ways, and I don't know all three off the top of my head, so I don't want to botch it. But you know what we see, what we hear, and what we experience is essentially the three. I, we could sum it up like that. And my experiences led me to believe that my worth was dependent on achievement. That. Um, you know, I, I wasn't worthy of certain things I was neglected. So, you know, just think about how all of this impacts us. Like we really need to get deep with ourselves and truly understand, um, where these show up in our lives. So a perfect example, one place they're oftentimes revealed is in personal relationships, intimate relationships. So if you're dating someone, whether you're heterosexual, however you like however you rock, it doesn't matter at the end of the day when you let someone in close to you, that's generally when things start to get revealed. That's what happened in my life, and I realized like, wow, okay, you know, your self-esteem, no matter what you accomplish professionally, I still had low self-esteem. Like, I was living very egotistically but once that ego was passed up and people got close to me my self-esteem was low so I had to work on that I'm still working on all of this stuff man I'm still a work in progress I had to work on understanding that I am deserving uh, or deserving of certain things so when it comes to professional stuff you know if I was given a certain amount of money like I might have self-sabotaged because I didn't think I was worth that, right? This this type of stuff pops up in so many areas of our life, but it's those in-between years uh, of, you know, I used to define success, not verbally this way, but subconsciously I would define success by how much money I had. Just like, you know, you were talking about earlier, the car I was driving, all of that. Like that's what success was to me until all of it got stripped away. And then I realized, oh shit, like, does that mean I'm not successful anymore? So wow. now, where I'm able to define success differently, what transpired in those in between years was messing up. I would I would use the word effing up. Well, sure, um, but a, sure. a lot of that, and on the on the backside of it, getting closer to how I define success now was the years of actually exploring my own inner depth. So man, there's so much discovery in that. But it, it's it's absolutely necessary if you are listening to this and you know that you want to be the best version of yourself that journey inward is necessary like Ooh. i would never i would never sit here and say you know what you need therapy i'm not saying that man like you could do it however you need to do it mm-hmm. but you need to turn inward you need to peel back the layers like i know that Listen, when you peel back the layers of an onion, tears come. Like, we can't be scared to cry, man. I, I cried a hell of a lot of times when I was peeling back the layers, and I still do. I cried yesterday thinking about my dog. Like, I'm an emotional guy. No doubt, so, like, no doubt. We, we, we got to be open to it, man. We got to be open to it. But that is that is exactly what it is, man. It's just peeling back the layers. We got to get real with ourselves.
1: Got to get real with yourselves, right? Because, yeah, this is a, you know maybe a, a financial podcast, if you will. But none of that, we can't even... Talk about that stuff until we, like, you say, turn inwards and get yeah. deep and unlock. And that's how we unlock the cash flow, man. Man, brother, this has been so fire. Um, I love to have you back on here. And like I was telling you earlier, never intended to, you know, uh, I'll start podcasting. Kind of just stumbled into it during the pandemic when I was trying to provide some value out there. And um, so yes, humble and honored to have you on here, man. And like I said, I've been listening to your piece. Um, for some time now, I was when I was I think I was doing my um, what was the deal through uh for Shella the top five deal, whatever case me. But anyway, I was going out for my walk, and you were my podcast of choice when I was going out for my forty-five minute walk. Man, I appreciate so, that. So man. I've been I've been rocking with you for a minute. So um, for our audience who want to connect with you, follow you, and dive in, man. What's the best way to follow you, connect with you? you know, tell our audience the best way to do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm probably on social media way more than I should be, to be honest. Um, But uh, most frequently I find myself on Instagram kind of just scrolling and doing whatever. But uh, ultimately the best way to connect is right through there. Instagram. It's just, at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S at Matt underscore Labrie. I always answer my DMs. I'm very transparent. I'm very open. There's no one else on my account. Like I do everything that I need to do by myself um, for the sake of building community, for the sake of giving value and whatever the impact, right? We talked about impact. That's the best way. And then the podcast is everywhere, man. I mean, Spotify, Apple, Google, all of that good stuff. If you want to check that out, it's out there. But I also want to take a quick second and say thank you to you, uh, Perry, for what you're, putting out into the world with this show with your work. Thank you for being you. Thank you for showing up the way that you do. Thank you for sharing this platform. I just want to express that gratitude. So thank you so much. Man, likewise,
1: brother, likewise. So hopefully um I can get you back on here sometime in the future, talk about some other topics because I feel like man, we could we could probably do a whole piece of we could probably do a 24 hour marathon just <laughs> doing a deep dive into stuff, man. So thank you again so much for your time it is so much appreciated. And for our audience be sure you share this episode, right? No, this is not your typical financial podcast. D- this is we're unpacking, we're unlocking your cash flow by mm. giving you the key. That, but you need to take that step and turn that key to be able to unlock your potential, which eventually is going to unlock your cash flow. Thank you for that, Jim earlier, brother. I really appreciate that. So, with that Absolutely. being said, I'll share the podcast, and we appreciate y'all. We we'll see you in the next one. Peace. Yo, thank you so much for listening to Cash Flow Unlocked. Now, if you want to connect with me and other professionals just like you who are on a mission to close the wealth gap and create generational wealth, then head over and join us in our private Facebook group, The Cash Flow Club, right now. Just head on over to Facebook and type in this way, T-H-E space K-A-S-H F-L-O-W space club. The Cashflow Club, cashflow spelled with a K. When you join, you'll get access not only to our team of experts, but also live Q&A to get your questions answered in real time and an abundance of other resources, which will help you get closer to financial freedom.